on the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi guys, welcome back to the Bogeyman podcast with Johnny and Dave. Johnny, we are couldn't be couldn't be further apart in the world again from a time zone perspective. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been chatting, and there's been a fair bit of water under the golfing bridge uh, since both personally, professionally, um, all sorts going on. Yeah, it's been a busy busy fortnight in the world of golf. I guess from the Irish perspective, uh, congratulations to Seamus Power who initially uh, came in the top 15 at the Tournament of Champions in Kapalua and then followed up with an incredibly impressive four rounds at the Sony Open to finish tied for third. Took home about $441,000 and has broken into the official World Golf Rankings top 50 for the very first time. Did I see a stat that he's on 1.2 million quid this season? That would be about right? That would be about right. Because I imagine you probably made... Well, about two about a quarter million for coming top fifteen the week before it, that, plus yeah. another four hundred and forty thousand. And then there's obviously the season technically began in yeah, I, last yeah, year. It's, so it's, it's huge money. Like it's you know, you just what a difference like a year makes. genuine. Like I cannot imagine what that man's life is like compared to what it was. Um like hanging on starts, arriving on Wednesdays or not knowing on a Wednesday if you're starting on a Thursday, getting in that late. And now he's like tournament to champions, the whole season panned out. Probably now eyeing up Masters, Majors, uh, keep playing well, get into the FedEx series. Like what has been opened up to him like financially, professionally is bonkers. Like really is night and day and it's, like it only takes what did it take here? It took thirty three years for an overnight success. Like <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's madness. Like we've seen all this happen now. Seamus Power is not that far removed from the golfer of this time last year. Like by his own admission, he is not that far removed. It just look what happens when you play free, you get the breaks and like I liken it now to let's see what happens when Leona gets her first win. Or mm. when, if Stephanie Meadow gets her first win, like Stephanie bouncing, like really trying hard to make her keep her card. Like, and, and th- this is, this is why they hang in there for so long. It's like the, the, the spoils that are there to be reaped are just immeasurable nearly. Yeah. And they're really not that far away at all. I remember actually, so a lot of people have been sharing that after the Sony Open 2021, mm-hmm. Seamus Power was in, 434th in the official World Golf Rankings. <laughs> and he's gone essentially near basically 400 places up to 49th. But I remember we were chatting to Seamus in the le- weeks leading up to this on the Open, asking him about coming on the podcast. And he was like, oh, well, maybe because I'm on one of the reserves mm-hmm. for the Sony Open. And he got on like a, a Wednesday text to say, come over to Hawaii, flew over to Hawaii. And it was Thursday morning at like eight o'clock, about an hour or so before his tea time, he got told he was in the field. 
subsequently yeah. did not make the cut of that event. And then look at where he is now, 12 but months like, later. Like that man must not know himself in terms of just the wild ride that he has been on. But look at what, look at the practicalities of what that probably cost him and the, the impact of what that would have had on his, like his annual budget, like to fly to Hawaii to do the accommodation thing um, all last minute versus now it's like the, the freedom, the financial freedom, which clearly like the, bur- this is an example of what the burden must be like both, not just financially because he was doing like, at Corn Ferry level, like you can still make a tidy living for yourself, but mm. you, when you're playing free, look, look what happens to the guys who who come out the blocks early, win, and off they're like they're just off to the races. But this happens really early to a lot of guys or to to, to a lot of fellas who are doing well on tour. It's it's becoming more and more and more rare to see to see the guys coming in like this off the Corn Ferry tour or who get a start and get a win. Um, I tend to see, tend to find when you're looking at the PGA Tour rankings or when you're hearing the FedEx, we are mentioning the same 40 people over and over and over and over and over. We have no idea what the depth chart is from kind of 100th to maybe 250 on the PGA Tour because there's such, I'd say it's, 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 a, real, it's a real world of sliding doors there in the sense that one guy's life completely changes, but all you have to do is take a quick peek back to whoever's 124th on the list this year. And all of a sudden that's their life. That's, there's no, there's no getting away from it. Um, so yeah, and he, he's luckily enough, his sliding door experience is the positive one. Oh yeah. It's, it's the more it, it, you hear a lot of people talking about um, the anecdotes that the margins between the players and the top, 30 50 are so small between them mm-hmm. and the guys at 100 200 400 even now obviously given Seamus Power's rise yeah um, yeah it's a it's a brilliant way to put a face to that anecdote you can very easily turn around now and go look at where Seamus was 12 months ago now I mean also two years ago it's also worth pointing out Seamus did have that elbow injury and he went through the whole rehab side of, yeah. of that so um, that was a an actual physical setback that he also had to overcome but again like more that's just another string to his bow that say what you're going to say more power to him <laughs> absolutely I thought I, I knew Jeez. I heard it come in and I was like I can't I can't go I, I can't do that well, I wasn't letting you get about that. It was so cheesy. That was absolutely... That was completely unintentional. Although I did on Twitter, um, you know, the account VC606, the Nosferatu post. Oh, yeah, yeah. On like Friday, they put, he posted or they posted uh, some tweet about Seamus Paris second round. And I, I couldn't avoid saying a second powerful round in a row. Wow. Jesus, you went, you, went, you went to that. You went to that. <laughs> You you put it in writing at that depth. Wow, it's like, but I was curious as to his sponsor is Power. It's on his T-shirt. It's not his name, obviously. He obviously is sponsored by some sort of company that does bear the name Power, which is. Uh, I I thought that might have been some kind of family connection. Is it not? No, that's just must be. Well, no, that, that's what I, no, that's what I mean. It must be a family or a business connection. I I don't think he needs the publicity to the extent that he actually puts his name on his T-shirt. He's not a darts player, like. No. I do love his Twitter handle though, Power for Seamus. 
<laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> but uh, he's he's having less and less time to less and less time to be honest on on Twitter at the moment. Um, with with the way he's gone, his his engagements are going to get fairly busy. Mm. Uh, speaking, he's of already PJ, into the Amex. Yeah, he's already yeah, up there. there good pro arms tomorrow. Uh, speaking of, you actually did mention Twitter. We had one of the most embarrassing Twitter spats that has occurred in recent times between Kevin Na and Grayson Murray. Yeah, Grayson was, Murray's had a tough year now. Like, Grayson Murray probably just, as Colt Nost said to him, Colt Nost is a uh, broadcaster, podcaster, ex-pro, just told him to put away the phone. Just put away the phone. He probably should have listen to that advice to be honest so I, mean, all going, I think Grayson's but, right oh he, he is right like, it's just Kevin uh, Ott, the fact that Kevin Ott takes over three minutes to make a putt yeah is ridiculous I think if if, if he wasn't Kevin Ott and if it was a guy who was 100 125 200 on the FedEx rankings he'd be put on the clock he'd be you know getting penalized but because he does the funny walking he gets away with it yeah I think the uh, uh, I think the, the general consensus, and I, I was actually called notes as well. Is like usually the people slagging there at the, sitting at the same table. Um, there's not much pip money for this, but I, it's basically like I think any hint of controversy, players are going to get involved now. They've decided they're not going to just leave it. Kev Kisner and Justin Thomas are having back and forths left, right, and center. Um. You cannot tell me that this is not all look at eyeing up that cool 11 million from, from last year. That, Maybe uh, they always want to be on Netflix. Yeah, that's that. that I was that now coming on to the Netflix thing. So, so the, the cast has been assembled for Netflix. The glaring omissions, Bryson, obviously, one. His comments about not being involved were very funny. No, they were actually in fairness, but it, it's very much he has his own YouTube channel. He wants to go and monetize himself that way. Um, control the narrative. Right? Control the narrative. Yeah, because in fairness, the PGA Tours have said that it is all access. It, they are not putting a story together for this. It, it is going to be done in the drive to survive format of they have full access without cha- without editorial control. Um, some funny people are going to be in that as well I'm, I'm re- that that i'm really looking forward to yeah i think like bubba watson is a really a really really interesting person i think i hope that they they spend a bit of time with him from uh just kind of the even the off course side of his life obviously he's spoken about his struggles with anxiety but also he's a huge community man and um mm-hmm. he's actually invested and bought loads of businesses in the in hometown tallahassee yeah, it's Tal- 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 yeah, yeah. It's down it's, I remember seeing that it's, it's actually like a suburb of it. Even it's not even like the main town. It's like yeah, I think it's basically like Bubba's grocery store, <laughs> Bubba's car wash, and <laughs> but like he basically employed like kind of has gone about employing a town. Yeah, um, I think that'd be cool. I think it'd just be a nice different aspect of golfers to highlight because I don't think you're going to get the. Daniel Ricardo, Max Verstappen, season one feud, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton. No, feud. I don't think You're so. You're not going to get that between like Joel Damon and like anyone else because like you'll the get the yeah. and so like, oh, we're all class acts, we're all great guys. You're not going to get like 
Kevin Kisner saying, I think Justin Thomas is a fucking dickhead or blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. you're not just now because Netflix is here. No, I don't think so. But you, you will probably get more of a view of the people who are quite funny. And you actually mentioned a couple who are. And you, you just have to look at some of the content that's on YouTube about, like, Joel Damon is a very, very, very funny human being. Uh, Kev Kisner, likewise, like, plays more cash games and with his old school pals and like another guy who lives back in his hometown and invested in his hometown, basically bought the golf club and the whole lot. Um, yeah, so you're going to get some really interesting stories. Be nice to see kind of, <laughs> be nice to see if that Jupiter set, and, I, and I'm referring to the younger Jupiter set, that like Justin Thomas, um, Jordan Speed Brooks, are they as genuinely vanilla as they come across? Like, is there anything to them? Um, hopefully there will be like you'd like to think that the watered down scripted controlled narrative version that the pga tour gives you is actually not them at all um and uh, that would be great to see because if mm. they are as boring as if they are as boring as the pga tour is letting them be or making them out to be then this is going to flop massively there must there has to be backstory do you know what i mean yeah like that's how the, the way this flops is if we get the ones that we see now yeah. on TV. Uh, the way it works is that if we realize, hold on a second, like Jordan Spieth is a very funny person or like they all seem to be very tight and close to each other. Just hope that the guard comes down and they, because in fairness on the drive to survive the, the F1 version, it has always been encouraged to have the personality in racing in, in formula one. Whereas it's the, nearly the exact opposite here. So are they conditioned because they've been on tour since they were 20 to just not show it? Yeah, is, smile are they and too, nod, like say nothing. Smile and nod, protect the watch manufacturer that is on their watch. Make sure the watch is on at all times. Um, for the for the religious to make sure they thank God, for the other guys to make sure, for Bryson to make sure he thanks his five sponsors when he wins the US Open. Do you know that kind of way? Um, so yeah, be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as good as Drive to uh, Survive was, but I, I will still watch. I just don't have high hopes for it. It will if they do, if they elevate those funny guys that are sitting at the kind of twenty to fiftieth in the PJ Tour rankings, the Max Homers, the Joel Damons, the Kev Kisner's, the Cam Smiths. Uh, that that element of it I, I i don't think any of the entertainment is going to come from kind of the guys who are too protective from an image perspective mm. i think it's I think it's the guys who have about three or four sponsors on their shirt that are kind of one might be jim's pickup trucks you know that kind of way and yeah that, I, th that. I, I think so ricky fowler is a red bull sponsored athlete as well and so in the same way in season one of drive to survive red bull really opened the doors and really lent into um the the drive to survive series i feel i i wouldn't be shocked if red bull turned around to ricky and were like look we want you to really lean into this in the same way we did yeah, yeah. it's yeah. their car show and uh i think we'll actually get to see a lot of the reasoning behind why ricky fowler is always on um the the featured goose because i say everyone in the circus that is pga tour knows that ricky fowler is a lot of crack and he's really funny he's a yeah. lovely guy we only just see him miss cuts all the time on the featured group yep. channel. 
And I think this, this <laughs> if he leans into it, will show a really good insight into who he actually is. And I say he will actually come out as a huge star and everyone in the PGA Tour will be like, look, we knew this for ages. That's why we were always putting him on the TV. You, just guys, you guys just didn't know this. Let's hope he starts making a few more cuts. <laughs> it could also be better TV if he doesn't. Well, this is the thing. I want to see, does, does Ricky go in and like smash the club to pieces? Like, yeah. Does he this just, image does of he nice just guy? lose the shirt and rip off the orange <laughs> after every round? He just goes like berserk. Or if, or if he like has to come in and go, I'm not wearing this fucking stupid colour again. And it's all, it's all an axe. He's like, he hates orange. Like, He's actually there an he asshole. Hot take, Ricky Fowler hates orange and is actually a prick like. But we know we know neither of those things are true. That's no. So. But the insight into him is what is actually interesting. And like, if it is a case of he's really honest about, yeah, I keep missing these cuts, and like everyone keeps talking about it, and I'm still on TV all the time. Like, yeah, talk about the pressure of that, and he's he has to be aware of the fact that people are commenting, in fact, about he's always on TV and and yeah. he's missing cuts. Like, you can't ignore ignore that. Nope. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm waiting for the LPGA version of it. To be honest, I think that'll probably be a serious watch. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it kind of it has now opened it up to everybody or to all sports. You know, and you, you really, this is this is the kind of access they've set a precedent. Like Formula One have set a precedent. This is what people want to see now. Yeah, or how they want to consume their sport. They're not just content with watching the actual activity. In fairness, golf broken down into the actual activity is quite boring to a lot of people. But then again, watching a car going around a track 67 times is inherently boring to people. But when you add in the the personal drama and the element, all of a sudden the product now becomes interesting. Like Mm. really, would people have cared as much about that last lap in Abu Dhabi in the Formula One World Championships if Drive to Survive didn't exist and you saw that tension between the two and where it has evolved from and the type of person Max Verstappen is and Lewis Hamilton is and all of a sudden the narrative is built up to this crescendo because people have... Oh, sorry, all of a sudden the the, the product is, is infinitely more interesting. Mm. And now in March, everyone's going to go back and watch Drive to, Drive to Survive to see the insight to that drama. And it just becomes a self-fulfilling Even prophecy better. where yeah. you watch one to watch the other. Yeah. Oh, no. You don't know which is coming first eventually then. Like, it's like, oh, the product now. Can't wait to see what actually happened here. So, yeah. Um, no, that, that's going to be pretty cool. If you stick with the uh, the professional golf for the time being until we get to our, our own games. Yes. Uh, oh, Sure. Do we want to go LPGA or European Tour first? Uh, LPGA. So uh, Tournament of Champions this week, um, which is the equivalent of the century. So if you've won last year, you are in. Unfortunately, it means there's no Irish involvement. Um, there will be next year because Leon's going to win like five times next year. So that's all good. So she's out next week then in her first in her season opener. Yeah, so both uh, Leona and Stephanie's new season will begin there at the Gainsbridge uh, Invitational Open, Gainsbridge Open Invitational. At the Gainsbridges, that's where it begins anyway. Yeah. Um, so that'll be next week. Uh, any predictions apart from Leona going to win five times for the LPGA? Uh, Lexi won't win. Um, that's my, my hot take. 
Um, it's just I, the Gaines Bridge. There's no and Gaines Bridge. There's no S. There's no S. God, we've got that wrong in multiple ways. Yeah. Every um, way possible, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> Every way possible. Um, interesting couple of things that happened off season. So Yuke has gone to as a like a complete equipment change as well, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Gone to full bag of Callaway. She's now like full staffer there, which is interesting, you know, coming off such a year. Worked for um, John Ram. Well, this is the thing. Um, I don't know if she had any kind of previous connection with the brand or whatever, or whether they're just offering her a whole load of cash. But um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what's, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, they're actually in, I believe th- this week's tournament is actually in Lake Nona. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of, who comes out for it, how people are, well, how people are shaping up. Um, it is very early in the year for them as well. Fairly in the year for everybody, to be honest. So, yeah, I can't see uh, anything past in Young Co. Again, like, just absolutely prolific last year. Um, and Celine Boutier, apparently, the French girl, is going to spend a little bit more time on the, on the PGA Tour too. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes over there. She had a brilliant year, Celine Boutier. She won three times. I think it was like two weeks in a row as well on the Ladies yeah. European Tour. Uh, obviously, also was part of this online cup team that defeated the USA. Um, she is a seriously, seriously good player. Not a huge hitter, um, which I think was kind of a, a surprise when she won so often on the European Tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not a particularly big hitter, but a serious player. Yeah, I think it's... And then, like... The, the like Nelly Corda in the in, well, coming off the season that she had, but like Jin Young Ko's stats towards the end of last year, like started to border on the ridiculous at one point, didn't it? Hmm. Like, wasn't weren't we talking like 63 greens in regulation hit in one of the last tournaments of the year, like consecutively kind of, as well, yeah. consecutively, yeah, and that like that kind of borderline absurd statistic to be honest but um yeah it'd be interesting to see what uh uh what comes of that like i imagine those two will will stretch or potentially three with and then lydia co there as well will, will stretch out um and, and maybe distance them from themselves from a field from fields that had been i suppose notoriously claustrophobic um in 2021 at the start of the season uh, they certainly started to distance themselves towards the end of the year. But um, again, like time for Leona to kind of stand up and take her place amongst amongst those um, those players and, and really put her name on the map following kind of like a, a breakout year this year without winning. I suppose the breakout year, does that really happen until you win? Probably not. Um, and that that's literally the next hurdle for her. Yeah, I think with Leona, it's more a matter of time. I'd almost even say like, I'd I'd fancy her to win either the AIG or the Evian, one of the two majors. Right. Well, yeah. well she's sponsored by AIG, so she may as well win that one. Well, look, <laughs> it settles. So there we go. She's won it already. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah. No, no I, I, I think I think she's just she, she is so good that it's it's inevitable. Yeah. I, no, I, I think it is, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, so she'll be kicking off. And then European Tour, we've basically got, like, 
you back in the European Tour, it's strange because you basically get the two strongest fields, the last event of the season and the first event of the following season, effectively, really. So uh, Abu Dhabi, um, the event that Tyrrell Hatton won last year, oh, hugely strong field. Again, effectively take out, I really just take out um, Colin Morikawa out of the field. And it's, it's the DP world, world field in again. Uh, the Dubai swing kicks off. Um, and... Colin Morikawa is in the field. Is he in it? Yeah, Colin Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland, and Tommy Fleetwood are in a group together. I didn't think, oh, that's unbelievable. I, did, I actually didn't think Morikawa was in it. That thought, okay, so it's basically stronger now because you've got Victor like Victor in there as well. Um so he's basically going so does this count this counts as a regular European tour event, correct? Yeah, and it's a Rolex series event as well. So is this effectively then the only event that Carlo Morikawa how how many events has Colin is this only the second European like true standout standalone European tour event that Colin Morikawa has played by the Scottish Open? Would that be right? Wasn't this the stat that he actually has only played one or two European Tour events that are standalone uh, and actually won Player of the Year? Or the DB World's points, Race to Dubai points? Yeah, he won the Race to Dubai with... Yeah, because he won what the... He won the Open. The Open. The, played the Scottish and then... And the WGC. Won, yeah. And then which, also which, which he, is co-sanctioned. Yeah, and then he obviously won... The, the final event yeah which yeah so th- this was it he, he won it by only playing two events so this is obviously <laughs> as he's now achieved 50 percent of his european tour schedule that he did last year even though so yeah so expect him to do to go all right yeah um i'm so excited for this abu dhabi is it's for me it's the start of the season i i gonna get up early every morning now because the time zone the time difference works for us yeah. in ireland and the uk wake up in the morning, you watch the golf. It's just, it's the best way to start the day. It just, it is. And the, the, uh, the groups are so good. Um, as I said, Victor Alvin, Colin Morikawa and Tommy Fleetwood are in one group. Lee Westwood, Roy McIlroy, Tyrrell Hatton are in another group. Um, Shane Lowry is in a group with Ian Poulter, Rasmus Hogard. So like, it's just, it's going to be a really, really good, really, really fun event. Yeah, um, I probably won't see any of it. It's not ideal uh, for Arizona. It's not ideal. I'm, I'm trying to think of, the, oh, oh God, what must it be? It must be 12 hours. Uh, I'd say it must nearly be 12 to 13 hours. If, must be, yeah. Because it's seven hours between you and me. Yeah, it must be. Oh, look, be highlight, highlights package. Highlights package for me on that one, um, which, which is just fine. Just fine. That's what Hawaii was for me. Well, I woke up, watched the highlights package, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'd probably be remiss not to reference the deck he shot in the playoff. That was uh, insane 277 yards. Just- it was the speed, it was the ball speed that struck me. Like, it was 277. Like, I know some of them can hit it miles, but that is like that is at sea level. Like, I know there's, there's obviously heat in the, in the air there. Like it was 172 mile an hour ball speed. Like that, it's it's beyond what 99.9% of the golf population hit their driver. And he hit it to three feet. Well, actually less. I think it was two foot nine inches. Yeah. Like what? A, like what a way to seal it. 
and he couldn't even see where I was going either. He hit the ball you know, at yeah. the angle of the sun, couldn't see where I was going. And well, mind, just... he only needed a par. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but finish it off in style. Yeah, he did. He did. But uh, worth worth checking back if you haven't seen that one. I think he is a very good hope for the international team now when it comes to the President's Cup. Cup. I'm not saying the international team is going to win. Uh, I just think if more players like Hideki, like he, Hideki's won three times now in the last 12 months. Um, obviously, one thought, of those was the Masters as well. He has to be favorite to retain the Masters if he keeps his form. Like, like if you're one, two double at the moment is Cam Smith and Hideki for the Masters, like you're on short odds. You're on very short odds there now. You're not going to get much value out of those two. Um, Cam Smith, another member of the international team for the President's Cup. Like, like strong, like, like they, they have a couple of people now that are talismanic, I think is the phrase to, to describe them. So that'll be interesting. You're trying your own Cam Smith challenge at the moment as well. So I am indeed. We'll, we'll, yes, Johnny, Johnny's just, yeah, Johnny's decided to see if he can make as many birdies and eagles as Cameron Smith did in a week in his season. Um, how is progress? Um, progress is actually optimistic. I'm gonna okay. So I played. Sorry, I, what's the time frame that you're actually going for this? Calendar year. Ah, come on. There's no way I'll do it in like less than. Well, that. well, how many eagles do you have to make? Two. Okay, so that that's my that's my biggest stumbling block. Two one. I, I, I think I made like two eagles last year. Um. Are you count and is it only in your counting competition rounds or is this all through your all golf? When you say all golf, you mean like winter rules place and everywhere type of thing? Uh non-counting cards is what I mean. Yeah. Like I played nine holes in, in Luke and there uh on the weekend with Dylan Brophy. That nice. was not counting. Uh, shot one over through nine holes, which I'm delighted with. Um, made two birdies uh, very easily. I, I just missed another two. So very easily could have finished around one under and shot four birdies. So and I think you start, you need to put a time frame on this. You need okay. to say, I'm going to do this by such and such a day. Because if you're making four birdies a week, let's face it, you're not going to get much time out of this. It's As you said, though, it is the Eagles. It is it's the Eagles. Eagles. Um, yeah. Okay. You, I'll, I'll tell you, you give me a... When are you getting when are you getting married? 29th of July 2022. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think you should put it before you get married. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Like like I know you really want to mark the day oh, look, uh, as a very as a very important day in your life, but now yeah. it has taken on a new significance. This is going to make it into the wedding speech now, Dave. There you go. Um, so there, yeah. So as I said, the 2022, which was a special day to, for you to begin with, is now even more important. It probably just usurps the wedding, I would have thought. I mean, like, that's the only thing that I might have to go play golf that morning. Just I was just about to ask. Like, <laughs> complete just, the challenge. Just go to the nearest course, find the shortest par five, and just play it over and over and over and over and over again. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, li- I like that. That's so the 29th of July, okay. 2022. If we actually yeah. do this, um, how cool would it be to get Cam Smith on? He'd be ha, like, yeah, cool. Is... Like I had like 1,000 birdies in the time it took you to get 30. <laughs> yeah, I think like, I, did see, I, I did see a stat that like Seamus Power is like 84 under for his rounds in, 
in 2022. So yeah, just put that into context. Sure, Cameron Smith is probably something like ridiculous like that as well. So I remember he, so he played in Sony Open the uh, the week after Kapalua, mm. and he like he could not have looked any more checked out. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> I like... do not care. No, I've got my money. I came here to get what I wanted. Now I'm on holidays for a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't look too broken up when he missed that cut. No, just nice weekend off. Mm. So Abu Dhabi followed by Dubai. It's yeah, great. It's sunny, warmed <laughs> off. I'm going to take the heat in through the TV because it is vicariously cold as shit here. Yeah, it's not cold here. No. <laughs> I'm waking up every honestly. I wake up every morning, walk to my car wait for it to defrost and just think of you in Arizona. And I'm like, what a gobshite. Cl- <laughs> uh, don't be like that. There was clouds this morning. Oh, okay. God, for, an, for an hour. Still wearing shorts and t-shirts though, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, not as warm as you'd think it would be. Uh, like it gets, to, it gets to 20 degrees, but like mornings are fucking freezing, like properly cold. Um, I'm not garnering any sympathy from anybody because I do realize <laughs> it's just it's all I'm doing is remarking on the climate that I am in. I'm not saying it's bad versus anything else or good versus anything else. Mm. Um, what would worry me is that it does get to 20 degrees on the 18th of January, and um, yeah. <laughs> it must be just hot as shit by the time they get to by the time they get to April, May, June. Uh, apparently unlivable for those months like 45 degrees don't stop out, step outside absolutely horrible can't even live here kind of thing so like yeah they have to put covers on pools and stuff like that to stop them from overheating and all this kind of stuff yeah nuts like i'm kind of finding more and more but we were in san francisco last week which basically was like us alone on a tuesday in february and that was the weather there so that's yeah I'm very jealous. Do you want to get into what you've been playing? Because you've been doing a, a tour of the states for about a month now. You've not been on a month long holiday. Uh, no, no, geez, has to be if, said. You are, you are doing. In case, Lord's in case work. my, in case my boss hears this. Uh, no, I'm at. No, I'm. I was initially meant to come for two and a half weeks of a holiday. Um, I am back. I was due back here to work at the end of this month. So I just decided to stay on with, with family and, and work from here. So I'm working basically an Irish night shift now. So I started at half two in the morning and I finished there a couple of hours ago. So, uh, which is great because it leaves the afternoon to go and either have a kip or play a few holes or whatever. But on the holiday part, yeah, it has been, I tell you what, Johnny, like even before I get into like the courses and stuff, because the courses have been incredible. What I've got a view on is Arizona been a very new area like built like this neighborhood's been built all the time course has been built all the time it's desert golf mm. uh the one that's most recognizable is that is tpc scottsdale etc um courses are very much a lot in that ilk um it's very new um it's very much new money um a lot of courses no matter where they are just rock up pay your number and away you go uh, it's not cheap if you're not a resident. Uh, thankfully, we're, we have a resident here who's, who's getting us out and stuff like that. So it's, it is obviously a little more affordable. It's, it is affordable. Um, but you can get out everywhere. Just everywhere has a price. Uh, you juxtapose that to San Francisco, which is very much older money country clubs, private members clubs, where even if you, if you rocked up with a million dollars tomorrow to just pay 
like they, they don't even have a facility to take cash. It's that kind of vibe. It's members only. It's private members. There's waiting lists for everywhere. It's huge entrance fees. Like we're talking high into six figures in terms of entry fees to get into clubs, waiting lists, um, monthly dues that, and they do a monthly dues bit here as well. Golf membership is generally a bit more expensive across the board, but it's monthly dues and you still pay in your, in addition to your dues, if you're, if you're playing as a, as a member. So the, it's so different to Ireland in every way. They don't, the, the membership systems are completely different. It's not a case of you want to rock out and play nine holes tomorrow evening that you just go to the car park, throw your, throw your bags in your back and go and play, go and play. That experience costs you, do you know, it's just, it's just a very funny one, but you're seeing two different worlds here. One where it's rock up, play, but pay your, pay your way. And then one where you've, just no chance of even getting in the in the gate otherwise wow so yeah we started here so we were over here on holidays so started here we played greyhawk uh which is i believe i think it could be one of the trim courses um first intro to desert golf was just out of the, out of the, out of the plane i think it was, i think we chatted about this actually on the last one hmm. and like just gorgeous conditioning but like it's very much islands of green dotted throughout the desert do you know that kind of vibe you're walking sure. through um scrubland to tea boxes from tea boxes to fairways of scrubland um all in like incredible condition and then we played papago and that was what that was a, a cheaper course um more of a residence course like you pay kind of 30 40 dollars to play like a normal green fee place but great condition great practice facilities shares a practice facility with Arizona State. Um, and w- would that be regard? So I know that a lot of American golfers talk about municipal courses. Would that yes. be what would be categorized as a municipal? And that means that like it's public or public-ish? Uh, municipals work a bit differently over here, run by the state. No, these are all pretty much privately owned, but okay. they, they, you're, you're led on effectively now papago i must check if there is a kind of a municipal element to it greyhawk certainly isn't you'll have a lot of places that are managed by the troon group so you'll you'll see their names on matt fitz's bag and stuff Mm. that that is the golf group that that run an awful lot of courses out here um we went then went to to san francisco my uh anna's brothers who we're, we're staying with is a member of olympic club so um thanks to the actually the president of the Olympic club who's an Irishman called Paul Driscoll. He got us out on the lake course, which is, um, the Irish are everywhere. That's amazing. Oh, like the Olympic club is an incredibly, um, yeah, it's a private club and it's, it's incredibly difficult to get into. And it's just funny that the Irish diaspora, they're, they're there. We're everywhere. Yeah. And they're, they're it's a fantastic a, it, connection. It's a very working class diaspora in terms of where the industry that they're involved, it's all construction and publicans effectively. It really is over there in, in San Francisco, in that community. They're lovely, lovely people. The most welcoming place, genuinely, um, between Martin Connolly, who owns Larry Foley's, which is the biggest pub downtown. You go in there, it's a legit, proper Irish pub. Uh, they're they're kind of famous within their community, that, those kind of characters, if you like, as well, which is really interesting um and they bring a nor 
minimalness to the whole experience an experience that is that could actually be quite intimidating i have to say going into one of these places it, yeah. it, 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 like quite standoffish you feel like a fish out of water the only common ground is that you can play golf uh, which then levels the playing field very very quickly in terms of that 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 does help um so olympic club so it uh, it's a 36 hole course there's trinkets lakes which is the famous course there's cliffs and then there's a part three you know, actually cliffs is the part three and then there's another one uh, another course there so like prime real estate all of the private clubs within the san francisco area actually all come down onto a lake and that lake is the lake that you'd see in harding park it's the lake mm. you'd see in san francisco golf club and lake merced and the olympic club they're all one they in all the run same. around the perimeter of it they all run around the perimeter of it's very interesting you like look across there and someone's pointing out to you like like merced and pointing over there and there's a 16th in um in harding park and it's it's very interesting um the courses are not like anything we have um different surfaces the trees are different they're, they're, re they're really high cypress trees um they the look is completely different the conditioning is out of this world. Now, you have to bear in mind this held the US Women's Open last year is due to host the Men's Open, is due to host the Ryder Cup. That, that's the, the kind of event that this has. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's bonkers to, to see the, the history of the place and to see who's played it. And then the course itself is just, just incredible. Like, it has the, the tough, one of the toughest sets of opening holes I've ever come across in my life. Um, just incredibly hard. Talk us I through them. That, uh, five actually is a par, first is a par five, which actually normally plays as a par four, I believe, for the, at a tour level. I think it's a par 70 at tour level, par 71 for the ladies at tour, and it's a par 72 for the members. So it's a kind of a dog leg, left to right par five that plays kind of down toward down towards the road which runs you, you can't see it but you can hear it and then the second is a shorter part is a shorter par four but kind of mirrors it coming back towards the clubhouse and then the fourth is a the third is a long par three downhill like 220 yards downhill and then the fourth is like an it has a really famous shot that tiger woods hit uh, seven iron in the US Open, which he kind of drew in around a tree. Um, and they were, it, you get a, you don't get an easy start, put it that way. You have a really, really, really tough start. It's a lot of, a lot of changes of direction, dog legs around trees. You have to shape a, a like the first, the opening hole needs a cut. The second hole needs a straight shot. Third hole needs a draw. Fourth hole needs a draw. Fifth hole needs a cut. Fifth hole is the hole at Lee Westwood's. US Open went up in smoking where the ball actually got lost in the tree right. um, never came down and then you so the front nine is really really tough a lot of kind of huge elevation changes in the par threes um, and it fits into quite a small piece of land it's not but it, it but never has the feeling that you're playing on top of each other and that's probably due to the gradient differences kind of steps down towards the lake as you, as you play Um you saw a lot of it. It wasn't obviously playing as hard as the US Women's Open, but you got a sense of it. And, but the guys were telling me and walking me through like the width of fairways for the, for the setup for majors and how quickly the greens run and the slopes of the greens when they do run at that speed. That was 
just phenomenal. Um, and the conditioning then, even though it was very Irish weather, was 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 unbelievable. You just see the amount of people who work on the property um, is because they have tennis on site, they have the clubhouse on site, etc. So that was a front line. Then you get a burger dog on the tenth, which is a fa- the famous stop that you make, and this is like a burger hot dog type thing. It is it is as good as folklore may suggest. I've heard about this. So this is just a hot dog. Made it's a hot dog like stand, basically, meat, like burger. It's a burger in the shape of a hot dog, and it, but it is it is as good as people say. It'll either save your rent or ruin your rent. It's one of those things. What you have on uh, everything? Don't know what was in it, Johnny. Just had it with everything so you do it isn't it when you're a newbie just don't try and rock the boat <laughs> just yeah. I'm what he's having yeah that sounds good yeah, that that was basically it uh and then the back nine which is you, you just it really adds a, a lot of length into it in the back nine uh as lexi found out a couple of holes jim Furyk found out there's a there's a lot of holes that even at their level will absolutely ruin you like ruin you there's that much trouble in terms of trees in terms of being blocked out in terms of length certainly on the back nine and then it all kind of crescendos into the 18th which is like that famous short par four which just as i said it does actually have a a natural amphitheater that seems to rise like hundreds of feet over your head like the clubhouse when you're at the bottom of the fairway feels like it's 80 100 meters over the top of you um and it finishes up and we kind of finished kind of in the twilight as well. So the lights were on and it looked very cool. But like it was it was it was an it was an experience. It was an experience to see an American championship course. We have a sense of championship courses ourselves here, the K Club, Mount Julius, um, and then our Lynx offering, but it's nothing like it. It's completely, completely different. Uh the text the, like the grass that's used is very, very different. The the lushness of it, the um, the drama of it, I think, like the man-made drama of it, mm. whereas we're used to the big views, etc., from our trophy courses, if you like. Uh, when we leverage our kind of topography and our scenery, they leverage like spectacular design and yeah, the, ma- the manufacturing structure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's the best way to describe it. And then, the, the then kind of suppose the history of it. That was really. Like you see that there has been a lot of water under the bridge and from a golfing history perspective here. Um, and then Gil Hans is coming in to do a, a piece of redesign work as well, which is interesting. It's like they, they're constantly changing these things and making them better. So mm-hmm. he's on a big project now to redesign um, a, a nice chunk of the course actually and a nice part of the practice area. So yeah, so that was the Olympic Club. And then uh, we played... Cal Club, which is California Golf Club, um, probably one of the most exclusive places that you can get into. We just uh, had a friend who has a has a contact who's a member who brought us out. Again, like they just you're hosted, you're not you're not you don't pay. It's not it's not that kind of place. It's just expected that it goes onto the members card and and that's how how you go. And California Club is, as I said, probably one of the most exclusive of the lot it was originally a mckenzie course back in the 1920s and it was completely renovated by kyle phillips in 2008 um, and i mean from uh bringing it back to the original one of the original mckenzie designs with the modern twist of um of length and being relevant to the design now like johnny this is a place that you would have absolutely 
gone mad for like it's like changed went from a like a bent grass to a, like fine fescue so it has a more way more of a lynx feel to it okay. it's on probably the best piece of land in san francisco in terms of what's built underneath it now they did manufacture a lot of it in terms of the drainage that was put in to make sure it's the, it is the driest coast and course over there but the design i just the design the clubhouse it's an old kind of colonial building um the feel of it is different it's obviously very finely mown finely mown runoffs but quite rough and ready in the bunkers and i mean they just have grown up the grass around it to give it kind of a more natural look that works unbelievably well but it's so so different it's a men's only club there it has like which in itself is controversial enough this day and age to be honest but there's no chance of that ever changing um the membership is a who's who of um nearly political slash golfing slash entertainment world and it was of course, like was probably the best. Resident to say it's the favorite, but it certainly was the most interesting of the lot. But two courses that were completely different. Wow. So of the California courses, which did you enjoy the most? It didn't have necessarily have to be the like the best course, or your yeah. Which was the most enjoyable experience? Because they all sound like they were unbelievable. So it, it seems like a yeah, question. yeah. It's it's funny. I think. Um, do you know when two places are that like when two places are that dissimilar mm. do you know if, if someone turned around to you and said and say like would you choose a, a Port Marnock over Cake Club or a Juliet over Old Head yeah. or yeah. they're that far apart in terms of the golfing experience to be borderline not comparable at all you could you could compare San Francisco Golf Club, Lake Merced, TPC Harding, and uh, the Olympic Club in one in one bracket. Yeah, in that it, it is generally the Park Landing land almost almost comparison. But then it comes down to which did you have more fun on? Yeah, um, I think it, it probably was. Yeah, I, I Jesus. Maybe California Club, maybe because of it was it had maybe the best of both worlds potentially, or was took a few elements that the Olympic Club had, but then added it to what it has. Yeah. Um. I think that was it, but I think the most enjoyable round then was the Olympic Club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah, and the history that goes around, you'll never see California Club in in, in anything like they'll they'll never let any, anyone in there. Um. They just want to keep it to themselves. Whereas you get the sense of history of, of the Olympic club. Do you think maybe there might be a bit of like, that's like the, the Irishness or the European love of golf and history that the Olympic club has that like, you know, Irish golfers and Irish golf courses love to host events and host championships. There could be an element of that in the Olympic club, considering there's such a Irish contingent. I think it's, they're, they're overtly very welcoming. I think is probably a good way to describe it. Um, like they they love to hear that uh, the accent um, coming in. 
they're very it's a very engaging membership it's a different type of club as well they have like a property downtown in san francisco that's a members club <clears throat> male and female they have olympic athletes that train in there they have a number of swimmers it's that kind of place it's like they have a they have a soccer team a lacrosse team all men's and women's levels triathlon team it's a it's a huge community it's eleven thousand paying members um wow. of which two thousand are only golf members some are like social club members people come into the gym as i said you had four members of the u.s swim team from the olympics last year who are members of their club two for two two of them medaled at the olympics and they didn't even win the athlete of the year in the actual club they don't put a yeah it's that kind of it's that kind of place um what have you got to do (laughs) i I don't know who to be honest i'm not sure (laughs) um but yeah, so so even the models are are very different. But the 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 only consistency is that they're <laughs> private members. One is the Olympic club would probably be less exclusive, but that doesn't make it any. I'm not saying it's it doesn't diminish it in any way. Whereas California club is just a, the the club on its own. It, it stands as a, as just a golf club. Whereas the Olympic club is a very very social group. Like it'll be where a lot of people will just go for a pint because they're a member of the club. There'll be people who are just affiliate members who just pay, um, I think it's about $1,200 a year. <clears throat> and they are then members. They can go in. They will get a monthly dues piece uh, for their bar tab or their restaurant tab, and they can host friends and, and all that kind of thing. So just it. But what what always what got away from me, or not what, what, what it got away from me was it more so what kind of shocked me was the members model that exists in that private in that private club it, it goes far beyond what we have we just mm. the model doesn't exist in ireland yeah no, that's very interesting and so from there you went from probably courses that the average golf fan might not know to a course <laughs> that a lot of golf fans know very very well you went to yeah Scottsdale. yeah um so <clears throat> In that, we you get a lot of sympathy, by the way, on Instagram and Twitter. I've gotten no, I don't deserve any to be honest. <laughs> I absolutely don't deserve any. Uh, yeah, so like this last one we were playing, so we said, Look, we had it, we had it booked. Um, like this on the as the opposite side, this you pay for, and it, like it's kind of saved, saved up for this one. We missed out because COVID, we had a couple of people with COVID in the house, so we were meant to be traveling. So we said, Look, we'll, we'll treat ourselves to this instead. Um, yeah, so. This was like stepping into a PGA Tour event. The stands and are up. It's where, yeah, it's worth saying the stands are up because they're on in four weeks. Yes. And when I mean the stands are up, they're completed. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Like uh, they're done. You get, a, you get a sense of like the size of uh, the waste management. Like they put 240,000 people a day onto the golf course. Uh, 40, 45 odd thousand around the 16th alone. But that means you still have to put 20,000 pe- or 200,000 people elsewhere. Um, and it's very peculiar because the first and second holes are the two most nondescript holes of the whole lot. They actually play up a housing estate surrounded the whole way around by houses. It's actually very tight. It's not a great start to the course at all. Wow. It really doesn't begin till the par five third. Uh, so what can I tell you about this place? Uh, very, I, was, I was very familiar with a lot of it in, from a tour perspective and similar to the, um, 
the Olympic club and that you just remember all you're like, Oh, Ricky hit it from there. And there's the rock, the tiger moved out of the way. And, and that's before you get to the signature last four holes. Um, so two things, conditioning, like, like conditioned to win in an inch of its life. It's like a dare, a dare levels, probably better kind of thing. Wow. Like, uh, a lot of tour pros playing in normal groups, like, Pat Perez and a couple of groups behind us. Um, anyone who basically wasn't in Hawaii was there. Um, wow. That lives in the Scottsdale area. Yeah, because Scottsdale is basically where, outside of Florida, <clears throat> the second most PGA pros live there. They have a tournament on quite soon. So if you're playing yesterday, which was obviously <clears throat> the Monday after a tournament, and you're getting a bit of practice in. The range is spectacular. You get a lot of lads out there working. Um, on the game and then out for a few holes so you've got a different vibe to it already uh a lot of a lot of beer carts going around the place <laughs> i can't i cannot understand that phenomenon if you're paying for a round of golf that you go and get absolutely wasted but sorry going back to the course like uh front nine nice but probably but tough like it it's not not massively long, even from the tour perspective, not punishingly long. But I suppose what was happening was is that we were playing a tee up so we could I could hit driver and get it over hazards. Whereas what it was they wouldn't they were driver is bang into yeah, it, it was heavy it was, bunkering. Yeah, it, it was a uh, an obstacle for them to either try and take on or play short of. Whereas you, yeah, and it, and it and it's probably a bit long at their their tee to carry it without really dicing with it. So <clears throat> I was actually probably playing second shots, maybe even thirty yards further up than they would, but they would be then giving away another twenty if they went back to three wood, for example, for positioning. Certainly on the first couple of holes, which are tight. After that, it's it's it bombs away with the driver and just try and hit it as hard as you can over as much as you can um as i said the condition is like so lush because of the overseeding so where they've the you see you do see the kind of brown dormant grass around that, that actually frames each hole mm. and then obviously it's very richly overseeded so 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 lush um the rough was starting to be grown up and was becoming a becoming an issue. All it would take is another inch onto it, and you're into not gouge out territory, but certainly not far from it. Another inch and a half, and you're definitely gouging it out. Uh, just the presentation of it, Johnny. To be honest, was just spectacular. And then you get to like the crescendo of all crescendos, where and it's the holes that everybody knows. It's the par four or par five at water all down the left and the island green on 15 that then leads into the stadium of 16 which is enormous i have been at premiership football matches that are in smaller stadiums wow and it just rises and gets bigger and apparently just gets bigger and bigger every every year and the noise of it and they're kind of playing music as you're playing there's some fellow on a cordless saw i think when we were playing to be honest and you really start to see the drama of what they've created. And it's so funny because it's probably the worst hole. Not, it's, it could be the worst hole on the golf course. The, it, the but yeah, it's just, it's the atmosphere that is created around it that but it's, it's, creates it's, the hole. 
yeah, it's such an American thing in terms of they have taken the worst of what they had on this golf course and turned it into the most famous golf hole probably in the world. Like they're, they're, it's up there in terms of how people reckon or in terms of uh, what's synonymous with or what course is synonymous with a tournament or, or whatever. It's always like 16. It's always the road hole. It's, mm. you know, it's that kind of, it's always kind of 16 in Augusta or whatever, or 12, for example. Like it is it, it, for different reasons. And it's, it's, it's very much how you'd even view the, the difference between the new money courses in, or the new regions in Arizona versus the historic pieces is that they just came in and just bulldozed their way into the most famous uh, conversation in golf, famous holes conversation in golf, with the worst hole that they could possibly find. <laughs> At all, I, do you know? And it, it's it's mad. And it, actually, do you know what the, the stands actually make it? I'd say it'd be a very boring hole otherwise, because it'd just yeah. be an island green, island tee box, um, and scrubland in between. But all of a sudden, you have all of this drama and all of this like miracle of engineering built up, and then what they've done now is they've continued that height of stands right through to the 18th and you basically play uh you basically play up a stadium from the moment you step on 16 t wow so you walk through that walkway off of 16 green right to 17 t and then there's the short the, par four the stadium just continues up along with the water on the left around side, the water yeah. on the left and then up yeah yeah, so it's open wow. on the right, and then the sta- there's stands all to the right-hand side. This is where Brooks chipped in last year to mm. win. Do you remember? It's a very short par four. It's, it's drivable. I drove it. It's about three... Humble brag, I like it. Humble brag. Absolutely humble brag. Uh, I nearly hold my shot in 16, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was due... Uh, was due got, got the two of them. But, um, again, not long, but you can see, like the devil is in the detail around the green like, yeah. shaved off from every angle to be absolutely treacherous. And the greens run it. They were running at about 12 yesterday. They'll wow. probably pick them up to 13 for the event. And then 12 is what they generally run European tour events. It's like the faster <coughs> end of the European tour events. That's just oh, for context. They could, like. they could, they could make this, they could make this 15 if they wanted to, they could make this 15 tomorrow if they wanted to, I'd say with a double cut in a row. And then 18 is that famous par four playing towards the clubhouse where remember Rocco Media described where Tiger Woods hit it on the last. It's like the famous, you all remember where he hit that um, on 18. And it's like, you see the carry that was there with Tiger in 2002 with the steel headed driver. And you're like, right. Okay. <laughs> um, Won't be taking that on today. So yeah, but, but like that, Johnny, there's a lot of shots you do remember from, from that particular course, you know, you yeah. can, you can see where it all was. So yeah. So Again, not comparable to the other two, but would I say that was the most the most fun of the third, the three? I would say yes. Like if your game is in good shape, like you can have a, you'd have a great time at that place. Like, like I think it was level par, and it was like a really enjoyable one. You know, with a few shots left out there, kind of kind of place. Um, not overly difficult. You could rock up there as a <clears throat> plus handicap golfer and have as good a time as someone who plays off twenty four because it's playable and yeah. it's designed to be like to be like that. It's not designed to um to kill you. There's low. There's five sets of tees I think that you can play off and just have as much fun as you want and you could get as drunk as you want and have as <laughs> as many points going around the course as you as you feel necessary to 
to justify your day out. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a very different golfing experience. To yeah, and, and that's what I, I didn't want to be just like, oh, we played these places. I kind of want to give a, like a view as to golf in America is different. It's not the same as home. We, they don't do the club vibe here as, in, in the same way we would. San Francisco maybe more so than, than some places. But it's a very different experience. If you're just going course to course and town to town without like a residence card, golf is not for you financially it is monumentally expensive um even the most basic place like you rock up to the most basic place, a couple of courses around the corner from us that are very very basic courses that are a hundred dollars to play and that's what i but see, there's residence card and there's loyalty programs and they do that part of it very well it's like if you're traveling in america and playing and not been hosted now you see the thing is you don't, you don't pay anything to play cal club or, or olympic club um so it makes it easier for, for for guests but if you're not on that kind of um on that kind of a vibe you're you'll, you'll be shelling out an awful lot of money just to play the most basic of places um there's no such thing as a Sunday comp. There's no such thing as a weekly comp. There's no such thing as like a, a sweep of, of members who go in and, and hang around in the bar. They're, in, not, they're in, not playing in the general not, not playing twos now. Well, it was so funny because when we did play with the Irish crowd in, in, uh, in San Francisco, it was five for the front, five for the back, and five for overall. And it was heavily contested, put it that way. And so you, 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 got, you had that element of it, which is, which is good. But... In the main, outside of those clubs, there's there's just not that competition. Like, there's no way to go and play an open comp somewhere on a GUI. You know, the equivalent of the GUI card. Yeah. For a GUI rate, that just that's that's a thing. It, does, it doesn't exist. Competition golf really doesn't exist at any level for um for amateurs outside of comp- very competitive amateur comps. So interesting. I'm not sure I'd like. I don't think I'd like. No, that. it doesn't. Me. I, I like being able to. I like the idea of rocking up to a course that I may have played a couple of year, weeks or months ago or years ago mm-hmm. in an open comp, not play paying through the teeth for it, but also just yeah. You, you got you also get to meet a lot of interesting players and people that way. Yeah, playing you, in open comps. You do know you do get to meet interesting people, but there's no even in as it those members clubs. There's no such thing as everyone entering fiber onto the book uh, and entering and entering the comp like it that just doesn't exist it's not a it's not a model that exists at all and it's it's strange because it gives a sense of distance in terms of the community for the club and in that the weekly comp is what everyone centers their golfing experience around whereas they do their it's an entertainment product as opposed to a sporting product if you like to a, to a large extent. Um, it's funny the difference in the view from the Irish lads. They'll always play for a bit of cash because they want the competition element. Yeah. Like, and as I said, it's like a couple of dollars. Like, it's not, it's not like they're playing big money matches or anything yeah. like that. But I'm sure if you were living here and whatever, you could get involved in money matches or skins games that would be, would be going on, but not, nothing official or nothing. They, the lads just all entered their, their scores themselves on their USGA um handicap app similar to the system they are on the same system but it's like self-declaration system the handicap doesn't play as big a role because there's no competitions etc do you know what i mean wow yeah yeah so very interesting very different 
um different world different world from a golfing perspective it's yeah not the same not the same it makes even the handicapping really weird like really odd because if you're self-declaring you could just like there's a lot of honesty and required for for american handicapping so you do always hear of um like irish golfers or uk golfers saying that like when the americans come over they do not play to their handicaps no, um, a lot of that could be a, a huge reason as to why. If you're just self-declaring and you're like, "Oh yeah," but like, oh, we won't declare this." Yeah, and obviously there is comp for for amateurs around. Like, I don't know what way that works at elite level, to be honest. Mm. Um, what what handicap they actually play off or whatever. So, like, if you work off the same basis that a handicap cutoff is the barrier to entry into a tournament, like. <laughs> what's legit what's not i like i I don't know i I don't know what way that works like it seems like we have a regulated system there's completely unregulated for what it looks like is it 99 percent of the of the golfing population um so yeah so theirs is a model that has been adopted way before us so they would have had this but like there's no such thing here as like a handicap secretary or a competition secretary within a, within a club, there's there's a different committee structure, but it's like a development committee structure kind yeah. of thing. You know, it's it's nothing to do with with the uh, with competitions. The, sun, the winter league, so nothing to the, do with that. The, yeah, but like even that that doesn't exist unless you've got your average, unless you've got your weekly four ball. Like, do you know what I mean? That that's so interesting. Yeah, very different, very different. Um, and you see both sides of it. Um, to be honest with you, it makes me want to go and travel and play more european golf than it would to go play golf in america i mean because i obviously know very few people over there so it would cost an arm and a leg for me to go and do that trip whereas to go around like like a trip around mainland europe and play golf courses what you do yeah what you do see with with the golfing community here is that they all want like there's a lot of status to where you play your golf not, yeah. not necessarily to where you're a member like it is a, it is a cool, no it is a status thing to where you play to where you're a member but certainly to where you've played like they do the ultra private um course element which is obviously the hogs head hogs head model hmm. uh which there's probably a reason why there's only one and there potentially be a second hogs head like our version of hogs head in ireland because it just doesn't it's not something that interests a lot of people domestically because we've got such access to the best courses yeah, in the world. Absolutely. Whereas um, you go to the likes of Butler National, Sage Valley and these um, um, Pine Valley and those in Cypress Point, which are the ultra exclusive, not necessarily the best courses, but they've made themselves effectively ultra, very desirable by the exclusivity of actually getting to play with yeah. them or on the courses whereas we don't we don't have that it's like they they value that far more than than, than anything else um the likes of um bandon or cabot links or stream song which are these golf tourist resorts for the for the domestic and uh, pinehurst would, would fit into that like that's where that's what they value in terms of their golfing trips and been able to get into these exclusive or no member who's all super wealthy and will bring you out because a lot of those places I mentioned there, when I say they're like, they're a quarter of a million to enter. Like that's the hello money just to get in the door. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, golf can be at a level of wealth here. That is just mind blowing compared to 
uh, compared to what we're used to. Like, I think if you paid 20 grand in Ireland at the moment, I think that is the highest entrance fee in Ireland for any course. And they would consider that. That would be considered very reasonable for a normal course over here just to become a member. And that is the most expensive of what we have. That, that, that puts it into some context. I know. Yeah, your face says it all. Like, that's genuinely... It's like a mortgage. <laughs> oh, no, it is. That, no, Johnny, it's, it's, it's phenomenal when you... And, and, and I suppose when they talk about it, they talk about it with such ease and norm, and they norm, normalize it. And there's, a, there's a real element of normality. Oh, such and such is 125 grand in and 1,200 a month dues, and you pay for everything on your card. Like... That and that's spoken about like, oh yeah, that's that's that 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 makes sense. And you're just kind of I just scratching my head as to as to as to how unattainable. But what it what it brought home is like how unattainable certain elements of golf are over here. Like you see how the guys who come through like a municipal golf system, like like Max Homa and those like who grew up on a municipal course, that's twenty twenty five bucks, and and those places are so rare because land is so valuable here from a property perspective like there's been like california now is going to come under pressure like the municipal system in california is going to come under pressure soon enough because they need more land for houses and the biggest elements of land that are available are municipal golf courses so san francisco that is at kind of government level as to whether they're going to reclaim a couple of those courses so it makes normal golf like even less attainable than than anything else, which it kind of puts a different light on the players that you'd see coming out of when they say they come out of California, et cetera. Now this is obviously I'm dealing with cities here. Like there is other there is other golf available, like small town normal golf. And I'm sure it, it exists at a different level, but that's just the part that I have been exposed to. Um I'd love to just go out and see what the normal places yeah. are. Like I think no laying up. And I think this is the reason behind the success of what they have. What's the name of it? Strap, the Strap, Strap series, yeah. I believe it's called, where they go with a very small budget. And we would think that if 500 quid to play a few courses or play three courses in, yeah, in, no a, in a weekend, you're like, no problem. Jeez, you do that with like, Get that to dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you actually see why that series is so popular with so many because that is the exception to, from my perspective that's what looks like the exception rather than the rule is cheap attainable golf um if you live in a city element i'd say you could pretty much forget about playing golf johnny to be honest so if you're in smaller towns and smaller areas by all means you probably you probably have open access to it yeah but very different very very different that is fascinating We've gone down a rabbit warren. I don't think we had intended to go down there. But no, no. But I, I think it was it was actually more so than the courses. Like, go on YouTube, you'll see the course. That'll tell you what it looks like. You don't need to hear from me and how I had a six on the last leg and was stuck in a bunker. Like, that's not what that was about. It was like it was very much a uh, socio-economic kind of enlightening from my perspective. To be honest, um, that was yeah strange but brilliant at the same time do you know eye opening but and like thanks so much to the guys who hosted us because they like, without that you'd never even 
you get to experience it you know yeah and it's, it was it's an incredible experience for sure i think if anyone does have the opportunity to go play any of those courses oh, like by all means grab it with both hands fill your boots like and yeah you're you're gonna have an unbelievable time um like but go in knowing like that it's it's just very 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 different it's not like anything you're going to expect at the end of the day the golf is the same like the golf is not the same sorry the golf is golf like you've got your own set of 14 clubs and you're hitting the ball around the place so the experience is a lot of it is how you play as well so go and go and really enjoy it yeah that's very very interesting so that's been new for the last week few weeks and then you've got the pga show up. Yeah, PGA show for work, and then back to back to Ireland. So hopefully the frost will have gone by then. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will. How's that new driver working? Loving it. So I've only I've only got the one round of golf in with it, but I, you know, I've been talking to you about getting um, a driver for my driving woes for the last year uh, and a bit. So I decided to to bite the bullet and go back into Mark and say, right, this isn't working. Let's just scrap the driver and let's go for something completely new. So Mark Armani in, in Concept Golf is very good. Um, we got, I got, got a fit in, in there with him. And to go from a club where I had no control over the face, knowing <laughs> exactly where the club is, it's like, honestly, now swinging the driver feels like swinging a seven iron where you know where the face is, where, how open or closed it is, what position it's in. It's, I honestly have no idea how I managed to get the golf ball around the place for the last year. Poorly. I, I, I did get it around poorly, but it was just the, um, the heavier face, the, the shorter shaft. My arms are an inch shorter, too short for my body. So we went for a shorter shaft. Um, right, interesting. Which is interesting because Mark was even saying, if your arms are an inch shorter, surely you'd go for an go inch for longer. a longer club. All right, that's very interesting. But it was feeling just, just between the the head. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter what head we put into it. Going for that forty, the standard forty six inch shaft. I was still my misses were just going a little bit wider. Uh, yeah. Whereas, so we went. I got fit for a TSI three with extra weight in the head um a an inch shorter in the shaft so 45 inch shaft in the tensile blue extra stiff and um more than anything like yeah you got i got like a little bit more distance but honestly more than anything it it just took a the two-way miss out of play entirely and everything was just a little if it was i missed it was a little push out to the right and not right. like a 70 yard push out to the right and maybe like <clears throat> yeah 12 which is just weird <laughs> to see <laughs> um, so when when i went out to, to lucan golf club and and played um i think i missed i missed, I missed two fairways in the entire in the entire round and it was just it was incredible it was great to be able to just swing and know that i could try and go after it a bit more at points and have the confidence that I knew where the head was at different points and I could control it, which was a new feeling, but it was just, it was so relieving. Honestly, oh, that's amazing. good. Well, fair wins to you with the new club. We'll be interested to see its progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, so the last two rounds I played, oh, golf I played were Art Glass and um, Sleeve Russell and, and the shot five over and four over 
respectively for those rounds and that was with poor driving and then Luke and Michelle really won over through nine and I think if I can just continue on that trend um the six handicap should go down fairly swiftly which is sounds nice. good sounds good only time will tell I'm playing Man Juliet now on Saturday um so uh the the driver's going to be getting its second run out um, well proper winter get, winter get conditions through, get through the honeymoon period uh yes. in in good shape and you'll be you'll be good to go have you any more golf planned for the next few days are you uh, to avoid the uh the old virus i'm just gonna try and avoid the uh, like keep my powder dry for a couple of days i think and try and try and get to work in one piece i think really that's that's the yeah, that's the goal now at this stage very good um i guess guys for you guys listening um if you're playing any golf this weekend let us know hit us up on twitter and instagram um i really enjoy hearing stories of like where the guys play and even when yeah. you even when you posted that we posted the photo of you over in scottsdale and people will respond and saying like, oh i played there x number of years ago. yeah yeah you got it I love this you whole you're like that's great like it's it's actually cool to hear that people <laughs> a listen to us b care about some of the things that we say as stupid as some of them are and um just and enjoy that so yeah if you're playing this weekend let us know awesome grand um that's yeah we might leave it there then for yeah this week's so nice en- long en- one, which is good en- yep enjoy your golf this weekend everybody and uh, we will catch you on the next one where we'll have probably a bit more detail on upcoming series as well and an event that we are going to be running in may yes really excited for this year yes Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.